Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel, and I am joined by, hold on, nobody at the moment. Um, we do have a uh, guest host coming in, Randy Zellia, the guy, uh, the face of uh, com, which is where we do this website and uh, do all of our wonderful shows. And the website is currently under construction right now, but uh, it's going to be bigger and better than ever once it is completed. And we look forward to that. There's going to be a lot of fun content. Um, a lot of site change, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of changes to the site and, uh, should be, should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot different than what we've been doing, but it should be good. Much like the show. If there's anybody that's listening that ever listened to the old show that we called under the hoodies from about a year ago, um, you'll know that there's going to be, uh, quite a bit of changes. Um, first of all, I got to stop saying, um, so much. Second of all, we are going to curse. So, uh, not by trait, but just if it happens organically, then that's fine. And we have somebody. Randy, is that you? Oh, uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, Randy. Hello. All right, just started the show. Um, just basically plugging the website, uh, plugging the show. About to get into plugging Seth and Sean. Now, did Seth have his kid? That's what we need to know. Yeah. I noticed he didn't do a show on Monday. Yeah, he didn't do a show on Monday, so he went MIA. But also, just one thing with the site, too. If you've noticed, if you go on the site, I've I've been updating some of the news that I've been getting through press release, and so, just so I can update everybody. For example, the news I updated today was uh, Brandon Bass signed with the Los Angeles uh, Clippers today. And I thought he had signed, he had played with them before, but he ended up playing with the Lakers. Um, so yeah. there's some, uh, some other, other different news. Um, otherwise, like, we're now at that that lull of the summer, you know, when it comes to sports news. Right. Yeah, that we are. And, uh, and, uh, like I was just telling the listeners, if there's any listeners that listen to the old under the hoodies show, uh, I did with Mike Pazeski and Brian Shipley and, um, you came on, you got us great guests, great guests. You know, really the only reason I went back to the name is because I liked it and couldn't think of anything better which I don't know if that's good or bad, but I, I guess uh, I guess it doesn't really make a difference because that's what that's what it's called, and uh, so what, right? Is, so they, yeah, but the thing, the thing is though, you say that, but you have to make you know I always say you always have to make the show yours, and you know I'm with yeah. Steve on um, Thursday nights doing off topic, and I and I post the replay of it on Fridays on the website. So, you know, the thing is, though, off topic, Steve and I will be talking about something and we'll just end up jumping off a topic of it and we'll actually get back to it. But we just keep going from off topic, off topic. So I think it fits, you know, it fits it perfectly. So you always have to make the show a part of your personality. And I think um, if you're a person like your person who likes to wear hoodies and, you know, just sit there and talk sports, that's fine. Like, I think that's I think it fits perfectly. I think, like you said, it's a very good name. You know what I mean? I have a logo already. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. So, um, all right. First of all, I'm pointing out also to the audience that I say um a lot, and that is to uh, self-police. I need to quit doing that just in general in life because if you just get rid of all the words that human beings say and just single out the ums, it sounds ridiculous. So why say them at all, right? So I I am doing that to self-police. I'm making it – I'm just thinking, as I'm doing the show, not to say the ums. And this is the first show of the new incarnation of Under the Hoodies. Whatever we were doing before, whatever, we're throwing out. So went over that. <laughs> Topics today I, I sort of wanted to get to, which is PEDs. Um, I have some theories on current players that may be using them. Uh, but, you know, that's all speculation and just – it's weird because my thought and uh, my – God, I don't even want to say – I'm not sure what the right word is. I, I guess the way I view athletes' performances is almost tainted by all this, all the PED use that's been going on, that is going on. I remember thinking how amazing Barry Bonds is. And I actually do think as a talent from, a, from an all-encompassing baseball talent, I still think with the PED use, he's the greatest baseball player that's ever lived. But that's just my opinion, and I don't know if I'm in the minority on that. I never really had a long discussion with anybody. Oops. 
that got disconnected. I'm still here. Um, yeah, I never really had a long discussion with anybody about that, but, yeah, that's just my opinion. So, PDs have sort of skewed my view of sports, and it's kind of upsetting because I wonder, is this guy on them? Wow, what he's doing is amazing in this year, how long he's been in the league. Is that, is that guy on it? It, it? it just sort of skewed it. Also, I wanted to get into Tim Duncan. He retired. Tim Duncan's been a part of my life um, for – 22 years because I remember when Wake Forest. I remember the uh, I used to watch a lot of ACC games. Uh, that was even before Syracuse was in the ACC, very obviously. Um, but uh, I watched ACC. I always thought at the time it was the best basketball. Uh, it, I mean, he was an absolute force at Wake Forest. I, I remember watching Tim Duncan in college. Uh, the you know the the twin towers that they called him and David Robinson when they. When, when Duncan broke into the league and then when that modified uh, the modified uh, 99 NBA season uh, championship. But, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Tim Duncan. Uh, I, I was thinking about doing some UFC 200 stuff, but that was more of a Dan topic. Dan's really into it, and he actually watched it. I'm not sure if you watched it, Randy. I was I was out of the country. By out of the country, I mean four hours away in Canada. But it, I didn't get a chance to watch it, which I'm actually kind of happy given everything that I've heard, how disappointing it was. John Jones, uh, John Jones not fighting, who was my favorite fighter. Uh, and very biasedly, he's actually from about 20 minutes from where I'm from. Um, his family is well-known and in the area and, you know, just in sports in general. If you, mean, if you follow sports, you'll know that there's three Jones brothers and all three of them are professional athletes, Arthur Jones and Chandler Jones, both NFL guys. Um, but uh, let's go back to PEDs. Randy, am I yes, wrong sir. to think that I don't want to? I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like any kind of accusatorial thing or whatever. I just made up a word. But I, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of it. But doesn't it seem odd to you that LeBron James is showing not much signs of slowing down, and he's the oldest 31 year old in NBA history, or is that? Or am I being cynical by thinking that maybe there's a little bit of enhancement? Not saying he's doing steroids. Not saying he's doing anything maybe banned. I mean, maybe what he's doing is amazing, and maybe we should just all – and I love LeBron. He's my favorite non-giant, non-New York Giant athlete maybe ever. I love LeBron. But, again, being a cynic, and almost rightfully so, am I wrong to think that? Um, I, I, thought, I think we, we are now in a society we always think the worst immediately. Like not for nothing, yeah. you know. You're, you're, you're in some senses, you know. You're, you know, you're. Well, there's not some senses. You're married. You're off the market. But not for nothing, like a yeah. single guy like myself, when I go out with girls, automatically I always think like, what's, you know, what's the, uh, what's the story? What's going on? Every, you know, just in general, every single time we, with every positive story that's going on, we always looking for the other shoe to drop. Or something, uh, or something bad to happen. So, or there's something bad that goes with it. So I think we just need to get off of that kick. You know what I mean? So I agree. Um, like, look, take take a look, take a look at the uh, the last. You know, you talk about um, Jones and the UFC card and everything that happened. Look at the situation with Lesnar. You know, Lesnar, who yeah. is one of the is one of the faces of WWE, and yep. he's um, you know, he's a very 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 big. He's a, he's a like a he's a freak of an athlete, and he got right. you know everyone's like well you know he got flagged for his test on the twenty eighth, but it might have been something else that goes with it, and then he just got flagged for a second test. Yep. So, you know, well, well here's Jones, a, here's here's Jones you know, is a gr- oh go ahead sorry I mean catch off go ahead. I was about to say you look at this 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 specimen of like a guy like Lesnar who's a freak. Now you have to start asking yourself, you know, how long he's been doing all this type of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But Jones is a great example of what I'm saying is because Jones undefeated. I mean, he got disqualified for illegal elbows in a fight, you know, really early in his career. Um, But other than that, he is undefeated. Unbeatable. Physically the most talented UFC fighter maybe that's ever lived, definitely in the modern UFC, in the UFC era, maybe not in the mixed martial arts era, but that even might be even fair to say. I mean, the guy is just 
one of those hand of God gifted guys, but he was enhanced. And anybody that ever talks about the mixed martial arts or the UFC will say what John Jones got caught, what what he tested positive for is an estrogen blocker. If you're taking an estrogen blocker, you did, you're not dipping your toes into testosterone semi-recently. Yeah. You're dipping your toes into testosterone for a while in order to need those estrogen blockers. Now, there's a lot of different things with that. What I've been reading is is that he took this up-all-night sex uh, energy five-hour shot, like, I guess, to help his vitality. And that's why he took the estrogen blockers essentially to get off of them for whatever reason, to, to sort of, like, use it as a, oh, God, a cool-down, we'll say. That's, I, that might be the excuse he's going with. That's one of the theories or one of the quote-unquote reports or rumors is that's why he tested positive for it. But it's all irrelevant what he actually did and what he tested positive for because he tested positive. And under under the commission, he is suspended for two years, regardless of what he did. Now, in order to save face, he's going to need to come up with some kind of elaborate story as to why he did it. Or he could just come out and say, you know what, I did it, and then now I'm clean. But it doesn't seem like he wants to do that because how many chances is that guy getting? But I digress. Well, I but that's the thing. I digress. PD. Because yeah, the thing is though, the NBA has a has a drug policy. The National Football League has, or, or, or all the major leagues has a substance abuse policy, and and, and a drug, and a, you know, performance enhancing drug policy. Uh, even Major League Baseball right. does too. UFC yeah. has you know, has never come out and say this is our policy. This is what we don't want. This is what you cannot do. They've never come out and physically said what is officially a no-no. Not that that makes it right. That's that's like you know people with Major League Baseball back in the day who have said who've come out and publicly publicly say, you know, taking steroids was legal because we had nothing in place to say it wasn't legal. Right. You know what I mean. Right, but they, I mean they're governed by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, um, and they do the test. They do it very randomly. They basically just come out of nowhere. They take a vial of your blood. They watch you pee. They do all that. But, but yeah, you're right. He, but what he has taken is clearly known, and it's illegal in every sport. You can't take estrogen blockers. Robert Mathis got popped for uh, estrogen blockers um, because. This is the same stuff. I, I'm drawing a blank on the name. I'll look it up when you're talking. Um, but he got popped for the same thing, and I think his excuse, or maybe reason, how I, I mean, uh, out of fear of being overly cynical, his reason was is that he's taking vitality, vitality stuff in order to get his wife pregnant, which is common, which actually I guess this drug is common for that. Uh, at least that's what I remember at the time, and his story was sort of viable, you know, but – it sort of derailed his career because the year before he was suspended, he had the best year of his career and he's been in the league for nine years. Seems fishy to me that a guy that's been in the league for nine years all of a sudden has an insane sack season and then he tests positive for an estrogen blocker the year after. That's, that is where the cynic in me rests, which is Melky Cabrera is another example. Melky Cabrera, an average baseball player out of nowhere, starts hitting jack and home runs. What's he do? Forgets to, forgets to take off the HGH patch in his groin and shows up, and actually shows up to the test with it still on. You know, D. Gord, another guy, pop for performance dancing drugs. Guy couldn't hit. All of a sudden, the guy's the league leader in uh, in, in in average last year uh, in the NL. So it's just that's why I'm cynical is because the John Joneses of the world are unbeatable, and then they test positive for performance-enhancing drug. Melky Cabrera is an average player, test positive for PEDs in the midst of the greatest season that guy will ever have. D. Gordon, same thing. <laughs> could never yeah. hit, all of a sudden can hit. Test positive. Robert Mathis, test positive the year after he has the best season of his career. And it's not like he was on a natural progression. Robert Mathis has been in the league for a long time, then all of a sudden he's, he's 60, he gets 16 sacks seems bizarre. I mean, there's a lot of examples of this. So I come back to 
LeBron, this is where the cynic in me sort of takes about 5 to 10% away from what he's accomplishing, which is he has been at this level for, it's pretty safe to say, all 13 years he's been in the NBA. So I do wonder, though, as a 31-year-old that's played more minutes and has been in the finals seven straight times, excuse me, six straight times, seven times total, I mean, he's played, what, almost two extra, three extra seasons at this point? You know, so he's been in the league 16 seasons, you want to say? I mean, given the intensity of playoffs basketball, we can round up to 240, but I think he's at, like, 220 playoff games, something like that. Um, And and I'll fact check that later because I think I'm just going off the top of my head. But I'm just (laughs) saying, like, it just kind of takes away from That that doesn't sound like a realistic number. It, yeah, it, well, maybe. I mean, 10 years, playing 20. Yeah, I'm going to look it up when you're talking. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, but, but that's, that's, where, that's where it comes from. Like, that's where it comes from is that I, I'm just, I've been burned by so many athletes that I like or so many athletes that I'm like, hmm, that guy's really good out of nowhere. A lot of people think Jose Batista was, but I actually do think that there is some merit to his increased numbers, uh, you know, a couple of years ago seemingly out of nowhere, which is he changed his swing. You know, and that's that's common. You, you fix your swing, you're you're a little bit better. And he's a big dude, so I, I don't know. But that, that's just me. But where do you stand? I guess where do you come down on the on my question about LeBron specifically? I think with LeBron, um, I I still believe, I'm one of those rare people who I still believe giving people the benefit of the doubt. So that's good. You know, though. That's I, good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still, so I'm still very, very big with that. I don't think he's on anything. I don't think uh, there's anything really going wrong there. I think it's just – I think he's just one of those guys where he keeps himself in tremendous shape. We're talking about the same guy who lost um, who lost 15, 20 pounds a couple summers ago. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he just was like, I'm just going to keep eating meat, and that's it. You know, he just yeah, kept he himself lost in unbelievable lot, shape. Yeah, you know, but you know what's no funny about no that? Carb he lost diet. all that. Yeah, yeah, he lost all that weight, and then he was sort of like sucking wind at the beginning of the season. Then he had that two weeks sabbatical his first year back in Cleveland, and then he came back yeah. and he was back to old LeBron, which was funny. He was like slumping when he first got there. 199 playoff yeah, so, games LeBron played, and by the way, so so pretty much what ended up happening was he got you know he got sick in the beginning of the season. He had a stake. He came back and uh, was able to come out and play well. <laughs> Yes, it's science. That's all it is. It's just good science. Um, but, yeah, he only played 69 games his first year back uh, in Cleveland, too. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I hate being a cynic. I hate being – I hate thinking negative thoughts. I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that tries to be positive for the most part. But, like I said, some of my some – some of these athletes have earned me in the past. So um, – and I just asked about LeBron specifically because what he's doing is incredible – given the fact, I mean, he is only 31. I don't want to point out the fact that I think that I am exactly 53 weeks older than LeBron because that's just going to depress me. But aside from that, it is what he's doing is incredible as a guy that's been in the league 13 seasons and played in 199 playoff games. That's that's amazing. Um, but another guy, though, that I want to talk about whose career is, is amazing, and a lot of people – I think in the fantasy era, I think a lot of people would look at Tim Duncan's numbers and be like, oh, you know, because they're not exactly super gaudy. But I think the value that that guy has, the the the, the sort of the, the inability to guard a guy like him, just some of his shots, just how fundamental he was, just how smart of a basketball player he was. I think Tim Duncan is a guy that we really, I, I think, is a basketball fan I don't think young kids that are into Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook are ever going to appreciate a guy like Tim Duncan. But you and I, as older basketball fans who grew up watching 90s basketball, can appreciate a guy like Duncan, a throwback guy like Duncan, and in and his career and sort of marvel at it and know that that's a guy that did everything perfectly by the book. And there's not a lot of athletes like Tim Duncan who's non-celebratory, quiet, reserved, came to work, punched in, did his job, punched out, and you never heard anything from off the court outside of the weird <laughs> Joey Crawford uh, Halloween thing. But, that, I mean, if that's the biggest controversy, somebody gets in in 19 years as a professional athlete, you're doing okay. Um, 
But Tim, Duncan, just yeah. just your thoughts, because you're you're a couple years older than me. You were a smarter basketball fan when Tim Duncan came into the league and was in his prime than I was. Just what are your thoughts on Tim Duncan's career? I mean, just just sort of sum it up as best you can as a guy that watched him for 19 years. Um. Well, besides the fact that he won the MVP the year, I didn't think he deserved it. No, um, oh, I agree. Because, Jason Kidd should have won that year. I know exactly what year you're talking that was, about. That, yeah, that was definitely a Jason Kidd year. Um, yeah. With, with the exception of that, I think if you had to use the phrase to describe Tim Duncan, consummate professional. I think that's the best, yeah. best way to describe him. Simply because he never – you never heard anything negative about him. And never. I think that's, you know, like there's one thing that I've always thought about is very, very, very interesting about Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant is that during the season, especially during the playoffs, you almost felt like they did those media sessions because they had to, which is true. They just yes. had to do it. But then when the season was over and it was done with their last game of the year is when they usually open up and they give the media what they want. Duncan always did that too, and um, I always just find it very interesting with Tim. You know, I um, Um, I always found with Tim Tim Duncan, he was the guy, he was the ultimate team player, and one of the reasons why I thought it was very important for him to play this past season was for Lamarcus Aldridge to, to understand the role of a winning a winner. Because all those years yeah. in Portland, like, I think that's the biggest problem with the NBA right now. Is you have these guys, these stars, they say, well, you know, you have to, you know, they, they have championships. You have to win a championship. Who are, who are they learning from? You, you, if you're bringing in guys, you know, you're bringing in like, you know, if James Jones left the Cavaliers and went to go to Minnesota, so you're telling me James Jones is teaching the Minnesota Timberwolves how to win? You know, right. I mean, are they going to listen to a guy yeah. like James Jones? You see, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, who com- their combined ages in their 30s, are going to listen to a guy like James Jones that doesn't have the kind of, you know, uh, um, <laughs> legacy just dripping off of him like a guy like Tim Duncan does. No, so that's a great point yeah. that he's he's going to teach Lamarcus Aldridge as a big man how to win because Lamarcus Aldridge physically, not there's no one else in the league sort of like him and I and because he's a quiet and reserved guy and hasn't done has had a lot of uh, success in the playoffs, but he's he's very rare because he's all he's a seven footer with with size that can shoot and can sort of do is like an inside outside guy. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a good comparison for him is another former Portland Trailblazer, Rasheed Wallace. Uh, but I think Wallace yeah. might was a better shooter, it was just an overall better shooter. But it's the closest comparison I can I can think of. Go ahead. Well, as I say, if you look at some of the teams that are championship contenders, the Golden State Warriors had Steve Kerr, who is the perfect coach yep. for understanding the championship pedigree. Yep. Who understands who understands all that? The Cleveland Cavaliers had yeah. LeBron James, who'd been the three the three straight NBA Finals. Right. I'm sorry, four straight NBA Finals. Yep. You know, a couple of years ago, the Chicago Bulls right now, who don't get me wrong, their roster is not great. It's not a great roster. But right. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade brings something to the table. That's well, how many winners are there in the NBA, though? There's only, like, four. I mean, really. I mean, there's okay. four sort of winners or whatever. There's, there's LeBron, there's Steph. Durant's been to a finals. But, I mean – and Dwayne Wade, I mean, but the finals have been monopolized, especially in the, I, I mean, excuse me, in the East by LeBron, seven years. I mean, that's that's two well, that's two, at, two to three NFL careers. LeBron's been in the okay, but, been going but to look the at finals. A, look at it from another way. Look at it from another way. Mm-hmm. You have the LA Clippers, Chris Paul, who's an unbelievable player, Blake Griffin, who's an unbelievable player. But who do they have this year? They have Doc Rivers as their coach, who's, who's coached an NBA championship. And they have Paul Pierce. Right. Who, who understands the, the, the idea of taking the big shot. We talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have Kevin Garnett over there. Um, 
when Kevin Garnett's the first day in Minnesota went in there and told the guys that you don't take your cell phones out when you're in the locker room. And they didn't listen, so he took the cell phones and threw it across the room. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, you yeah. have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh who are who who had the experience of going to the finals, winning and losing in the finals. Then you look yeah. at you just look around at the league a little bit. Who does Atlanta have to look up to? Dwight Howard? <laughs> Not Dwight Howard. He's been to a finals, but yeah. Who who does the Boston Celtics have to look up to? Danny Ainge. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Brad Stevens because he's been to two uh, NCAA final, uh, championships. But, yeah. Then you have the uh, – you know, then you have the um, – the Chicago Bulls, you know, Dwayne Wade is going to turn that around a little bit for them. I, I don't think the Bulls are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they are going to be. Um, no, I agree with you. And I think Dwayne Wade ultimately is going to be really good for Jimmy Butler, even though Jimmy Butler did, just to digress a little bit, even though Jimmy Butler did have those comments that saying that uh, Dwayne Wade wasn't exactly uh, a big brother to him, you know, when, when he would, when Dwayne Wade would come to Chicago for camps and whatnot, Jimmy Butler would be there. It's not like Dwayne Wade took him under his wing. I mean, but I do think being on a team and knowing at least on the court, what kind of competitor Wade is and how bad that guy was to win. I do think that some of that is going to rub off on Jimmy Butler and Rondo is a guy with a championship pedigree too, because in my opinion, I think as far as a talent standpoint um, and a basketball IQ standpoint, Rondo, you can make an argument was probably other than maybe Pierce in those uh, Celtics championship years, probably the best player or at least second best player on those teams that won titles. I mean, let's not forget how great Rondo was in that, in that time, but he, but to your point, he also had three veterans that were keeping him in check and we didn't realize how much they were keeping him in check until after they left and saw what kind of, uh, what kind of just disaster <laughs> he was and what kind of how, how toxic he could be to a team. I mean, he made, I mean, I mean he made Rick Carlisle hate him, and Rick Carlisle loves everybody. Yeah, that's true. And then you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have LeBron, and now they have Kyrie. And Kyrie, Kyrie really learned from LeBron. Like, like LeBron, LeBron. If you remember when Michael was winning championships, the first one, people were still like, okay, it was one. Even after his second and third one, people were just still like, were wondering how good, how good are they really? And then when he won the next three, it was the, okay, well, you have to worry about Michael Jordan. Like, he had no questions about his legacy after, after his third championship. I think with, the, um, with LeBron James, his legacy is no longer in question. Right. That's, that's just me. My, in my eyes, LeBron's legacy is no longer in question. But if you look up and down the league, real quick, just quickly go up and down the league, you look at it, and you just say, hmm, have anybody? Does Charlotte have anybody with championship pedigree? Well, they have their owner, but their owner is not coaching, and their owner is, uh, um, you know, there's no, there's no one there to say that's the, uh, the way, the way, the, the right way of leading them. You, um, does Denver right. have anybody? Does Detroit? Detroit has Rasheed Wallace as a as a coach on the bench. Um, Dallas still has Dirk. And they have Rick Carlisle, but they don't have the same uh, weapons. So I do like, I do like the moves that Dallas made. They quietly put some really nice pieces together this year. Right. Yeah, they did. And I, I but going back to your championship pedigree thing, that is that's very true. Like, who's going to take over the mantle once LeBron's done with it? You know. It's very, very true. I, I mean, everybody's you know touting Minnesota as the uh, the great up and coming young team, but who was a great up and coming young team six years ago? It was OKC. OKC didn't make it because of you know the whatever factors. I mean, they were just young. The Harden trade. They were young in the first finals. The Harden trade. The you know just running into this this juggernaut nobody saw coming the the Warriors I mean so you that I think I think something like a championship pedigree and having a guy like 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 what you were describing on the team 
is something that can push them over the edge because what did OKC not have that you were just talking about? They didn't have a guy like that. I mean, they tried with Kendrick Perkins, but Kendrick Perkins also was a very good player. <laughs> um, well, but there's so something a, else out there, a very too. solid point. Sure. Think about Kevin Durant and his situation. He doesn't know yeah. how to close out and win. Now, keep in mind, he's only signed a one-year deal. This could be a one-and-done in Golden State. A lot of people are not talking about that aspect yep. of it. Yeah, he signed a one-and-one, one, uh, which is true. Um, see how this season goes. I mean, I, I'm very curious to see how the chemistry works with that team, with him there, because everyone thought Miami would just roll through the NBA for the next, you know, six years. And uh, for the for the six-year uh, – excuse me, previous six – goodness – I am very sleepy. I apologize for the, the following six years after that that team got together, and then they ended up not. They they you know they lost to Dallas. LeBron, for lack of a better way to say it, choked, um, which I actually think was a hard, harsh criticism because I did think he was playing differently. But if you still look at his numbers, his numbers weren't that bad. But what LeBron did that I love, and just a quick digression. Well, LeBron did that. I love that after that finals, he hired Akeem Olajuwon because he realized that's where he was. That's where they were getting killed, and that's what they weren't doing. And LeBron started rebounding a little more, started playing way more in the paint. And I want to say he led the league in points in the paint there. I think the year after that, and then that's when they just rolled through basically everybody. And he had that incredible game six against Boston, which is. I mean, before the finals this year was the best performance I've ever seen by him. And, uh, yeah, so I forget our exact point now, <laughs> what you were talking about now, sorry. But, uh, but no, you're Here, talk about LeBron James. And, you know, this, the simple fact of the matter, you look around the league and, like, like they said, the Kevin Durant situation is he can be one and done. And I yes. think that's one of the reasons why Westbrook's not so quick to want to be pulled out of there out of OKC, right. you know, he can always go back. If all of a sudden, let's say he right. wins a championship, he doesn't need to stick with Golden State. He can always go back to OKC. Like his situation, here's, there's a difference between the LeBron situation and the Kevin Durant situation. The LeBron situation was LeBron didn't go to a team that beat him in the playoffs. They just beat him in the conference finals. He right. Lost, he didn't go he to Boston. And, yeah. And, and the other thing that ended up happening was LeBron didn't uh, well, Kevin Durant didn't like let, every, let everybody hang in until he went on television to announce that he was going to uh, leave. Durant gave everybody right. fair notice. He told everybody and everything else like that. The difference is Bron didn't go to the team that beat him. And that really rubs everybody the wrong way. Right. I think what everybody got upset about with LeBron is the, is the weird party thing they had was I got to win four, five, six, seven, eight. Titles. It was, it was that what that that rubbed everybody the wrong way, even more than the decision, because I actually do think that LeBron didn't know, and I don't think Durant knew really until the until I think that from what's been reported, the second Jerry West call, because I think I I really think that he was leaning Boston. I mean, he said as much, but I really believe that he was leaning Boston. Um, I, I I do think that in his head that the path to get to a title is a little easier in the West. But, and, and, you know, there's the Brad Stevens element. I mean, Brad Stevens is considered the best young coach in the league and one of the top five coaches in the league. He's never played with a good coach. I mean, I'm not a big Scotty Brooks guy, and I think Billy Donovan was figuring the NBA out. And I think Billy Donovan will be a really good coach, but he just wasn't quite yet. And and, not, and that's not really not a fault of his, and I'm not, that, that sounds like a criticism, but it's not. I just, you know, I think he was figuring out the NBA game, and you saw as the season went on, he was getting better and better. But LeBron's, or excuse me, but he's never played with an elite coach before. Um, but no, I, I guess my point was before um, with with Durant is I'm not 100 percent sure that Golden State is going to win a title just because they added Durant. Chemistry is so huge; it's so big, and 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 I think it's I, I think chemistry on the court, not necessarily off the court, but on the court, is, is massive. And if these guys don't know how to play with each other, then it's, there's going to be an adjustment period. So I actually do think he'll stay for two years. I, I think my prediction for now, and, you know, take this with a massive grain of salt, because I also said 
uh, at the event in New York City, I, I was uh, with you at the Cavs wouldn't win another game, and then the Cavs ripped off three straight. So, um, you know, I take it with a great assault, but I think that I, I don't think they're going to win the title. I think they're going to lose in the finals of Cleveland again. And then I think next year, I think they just they figure it out, and Steve Kerr, being the great coach that he is, figures it out, and I think they just rip through the NBA the year after, and I think they easily win a championship and Durant resigns and they win, you know, two or three titles. But that's just wild speculation and a prediction that I wanted to have on air. So if I'm right, I get to brag about it. And if I'm wrong, I get to laugh about it. So I, I just think that it's a, uh, you know, I, I think that LeBron, or excuse me, I think that Durant signing the one and one is really smart in his part because I think he'll, I think he will stay for two years. Um, and if it doesn't work after two years, I definitely think he goes to okay goes back to OKC, you know, depending on their situation, or he finds a better situation. Well, I think with him, he's you know, you look at the great players who have um, you look at the great players who never won a championship. You look at that just. There's there's a lot of great great NBA players, but I'm talking about the legends who have never won a championship. You look at that dream team one. Yep. Stockton, Malone, Mullen, Barkley, um, Reggie Miller. <laughs> Gary Payton, well, Reggie like, Miller didn't, didn't play. Didn't play. I know you're doing the dream team. Though. I just yeah yeah no 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 I know you're doing that dream team team, but I I, I was just more or less thinking of other guys that I really like growing okay. up. Yeah. That no, never that's, won no, that's one. Fine. We could do it that. You could do it that way too. You could look at Barkley. Um, Ewing, um, you know, Gary Payton had to travel to a couple different teams to get one. Um, oh, I forgot he got one with the Heat in 06. I forgot he was on that team. Yeah. But, all right, let's, that's not Gary Payton's title. That's Dwayne Wade's title that Gary Payton was for. I mean, those Seattle teams where he had Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp, and he had, you know, he had good squads. You had George Carl, and George Carl's, you know, prime. It's it, it just, as a coach, he – he just, you know, it's it just, but you, yeah, you're right. I wonder, I do, I would love to know if Michael Jordan was never born, how many of those guys get titles. I really would love to know. Clyde well, Drexler yeah, cause would have a title look at it. with Portland, look, by the you way. Look, nah, you nah, look at the 90s. One, but. You, you look at the 90s. Like, you look at that 91, 1991, uh, or sorry, 1990, the Pistons won it. They went, they went back to back. So, Isaiah Thomas. Um, NBA champion is you know Hall of Fame living legend, whose whose um, identity has been tarnished as an executive. It, all the greatness he was as a player has been torn down because of his executive. Then you had the Bulls winning three straight. Uh, so you had Jordan, Jordan Pippen's legacy always rises up to like crazy. Then you have yep. the two with uh, the Rockets, and who are the constants in there? Rudy Tomjanovich and. Hakeem Olajuwon. Drexler got yep. his. You know what I mean? Um, but again, Drexler won a title on Olajuwon's team. He didn't win it on his uh, on his own team as the best player on a team. And I, I get everybody needs help, but those Portland teams that Drexler were on were really good. I think Portland went on a stretch that they made the playoff 18, playoffs 18 years in a row. Utah had a similar run. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, continue. I apologize. I cut you off. Well, actually, look at it differently then. Look at the guys who the champions, the eventual, the eventual champions defeated, and look at the guys on their team. So you had mm-hmm. Rexler and the Blazers losing to the Pistons. The Bulls, for their first champions, beat Magic and the Lakers. The next yep. year, they beat Drexler and the Blazers. The next year after yep. that, they beat they beat uh, Barkley and the Suns. Then the yep. Rockets beat Ewing and the Knicks. The, then the second time the Rockets won, they beat Shaq, at Penny Hardaway, and the uh, Orlando Magic. Yep. Uh, which, by the way, when the Magic were in the NBA Finals, they picked up Horace Grant, which was a key piece. Huge piece, well, yeah. Because yeah, y- yeah okay. they don't get. I think the Bulls are in the finals. Michael Jordanless. They're in the finals with uh, with that year. I mean, they almost made the finals anyway. Weren't they a bad call away in like game six, essentially from from probably getting there? 
Yeah, no, that year, the, year, the first year without Jordan, they played the Knicks in the in the second round. They played the Knicks in the okay. second round, and and um, they they went seven games, and they and they fall. No, I think in Orlando. Didn't Orlando have to beat them in the Eastern Conference Championship? I did say the year after Jordan, but I'm sorry. But yeah, that that year didn't didn't they did they lose in the in the Eastern Conference Finals to Orlando? Or did Orlando lost beat the Jordan? They, okay, okay. They okay. lost. Bulls lost to the second round, and then they they beat in the they lost to uh, and then they beat Indiana in the conference finals. Yeah, the year after that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do remember those series, the Indiana series. Cause I remember Reggie Miller had the one clip that they never show. I don't think they show enough about Reggie Miller. Is that one where he essentially catches the three pointer at the top of the key and just nails that shot? I think there was like 18 seconds left on the clock after that. But that, to me, is, I, I, in my head, the biggest Reggie Miller shot of all time. I mean, that Indiana team was was really good. I mean, obviously nobody was going to beat the Bulls, but I think they really gave the Bulls everything, all that they could handle in that series. Yeah, I remember that, and then, no, no, that's fine. But then, then the Bulls, you know, the the Bulls came back and they beat the Sonics. And then they had the Utah Jazz for two straight years. Anyway, anyway, it's funny when they played the Sonics. Sean Kemp was a non-factor in that series. Yeah, not at all. His his, I think people of our age remember him in greater esteem than he was because he he got he got booted out of Seattle. He went to Cleveland. I mean, I don't think he ever averaged more than eighteen points a game. He was just a dunker. I don't think – I think he beat a lot of people just with pure athletic ability because I think he was a right out of high school guy too, if I'm not mistaken. And I think guys on just pure athleticism and power and just – he was such a big guy that never really worked on his game. But, I mean, there was just he, – he just didn't stand a chance to be a factor in that series. I think he was just overmatched and overwhelmed. And, I mean, Gary Payton essentially – the reason that they made it even a – even won two games in that series. I mean, I was well, back here, but yeah. What's What's funny is Sean Kemp was the example that Amari Stoudemire and Blake Griffin used, knowing that they had yep. to and do more in their game than just be dunkers and guys who just are back there by the basket. Um, I think Amari yep. Stoudemire's two two best seasons were the year after he came back from surgery. And he was forced to start learning how to shoot jump shots. And then the year he yep. played with Shaq, the year, the year and a half he played with Shaquille O'Neal, because when he played with Shaq, he learned how to not be in the lane because Shaq conquered the lane. And yeah. Stoudemire had to learn how to do more without, you know, do more with not being in the paint. Right. And I think that, and I think that was the most important thing for him. Right. I, I want to sort of put a bow on the NBA thing, and I want to talk a little. Just uh, we we got um, uh, what are we looking at? About fifteen minutes left or so, and I wanted to jump yeah, into think, the NFL. I think you got me for another couple minutes. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So, just uh, quick NFL stuff. Um, uh, man, these are all like this is a Cleveland topic. I sort of wanted to talk to that that I wanted to get into with Dan, but um, just some of the guys that. You know that 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 are looking at reinstatement, um, and just sort of wanted to do a quick compare and contrast where Josh Gordon would stand right now with the, with just the the golden age of wide receivers. Where he would be was the question I had for him um, because he follows all he follows that so hard, and I mean really that's the only star they have to latch on to. Sorry, RG three. Um, but th- th- I mean, that's it. I mean, that team is hopeless. Um, but Josh Gordon is probably going to play this year, probably. Um, but I was just kind of curious what, I-, I guess, I guess I could just ask him that. Um, but what is your take? What, I guess what storyline? Okay. This is a better thing to ask you specifically. What storyline are you most looking forward to this NFL season? Is it the, is it the Brady thing? We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to bring up this late game. We're not even talking about this late game, but is it, is the it Brady, Brady thing playing is a big... 12 games or. No, I think the thing that you have to really, I think the thing you have to keep your eye on is 
is I think the new blood in the NFL. I think you're starting to see you're starting to see the tide turn a little bit. Like you're usually when the um, usually with the NBA with not doing the NBA with the NFL, there's always seems to be in certain positions to be stability. You know what I mean? With like the quarterback positions and so on and so forth. There's certain players that have stability. Look, like Megatron retired. Um, right. You have Eli, Philip Rivers, uh, and um, Roethlisberger. Um, their careers are now they're 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 leaving they're leaving their prime. Yeah. They're leaving their prime, and now you're you're going into you know some of some of these other star players. You're now they're now like you're now searching for the next big players in the NFL. So you're asking me what the what the um, stories to watch. What's your most looking forward to? What storyline you're looking forward to? I'm looking to see if Andrew Luck can bounce back after last season. Yep, I think it's not a huge story. It's not a huge story, but I think it's something to watch. Um, yep. I think that there's a couple divisions that are wide open. The NFC East seems to be wide open every single year. I think the NFC West is going to be wide open this year now that Seattle is uh, is a little beat up. And I think I think there, Arizona got everything. Arizona they can get is out of coming Carson hard Palmer. at them. Yeah, but I think Arizona, yeah, I, I think I, that – I think uh, from a talent standpoint, just top to bottom, I think they're the best roster in the league. I, I'm um, just going off pure talent. I, I, I think so. I think I think so, too. I think that um, – I, I look at the AFC East. I don't, I don't think Brady needs to play all 16 games, and I still think they're going to win the division. No. Yeah, handedly. Um, and I, I live um, in Buffalo. I live 20 minutes from the stadium, but the the, the blinders these people have on, I feel bad. But but they're they're they're. I don't want to say delusional about Tyrod Taylor. I, I I actually like Tyrod. I do think he's a good enough quarterback to win games. I think he's a good enough quarterback to get a good roster to the playoffs. He's not going to win a title. He's not. You know, he's not a stable we can count on this guy being there every week guy. Like he's a, he's a fourth tier guy with the potential to be in the third tier with a really good roster around him. Um, I just wanted to get my piece in about the bills. Just like I said, cause I live here and I live in Buffalo, but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, that division isn't, it's not, it's going to be dominated until Belichick and Brady decide not to dominate it anymore. Yeah, and then, then the only other division I think that's really um, really to, in question to watch, I would say, is the AFC – I want to say the – not the AFC North, um, which is the division with, uh, I guess, the AFC Central with the, the Bengals, the, Cle- the Cleveland Browns. That's the, the North. That's the AFC Ravens. North. Yeah, yeah. That's AFC yeah. North. Yeah, okay. that's the AFC North. AFC North. I do like that's that the division fight at the top, yeah. I yeah. love those. I love that three-way. It's going. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see what team ends up controlling that. My. I think my money is on Pittsburgh. I think the smart money is on Pittsburgh, but I can't count those yeah. other two out. I think. I think under. I think Cleveland. Or excuse me, Cincinnati has a very very good roster. I like their defense a lot. Um, they lost their offensive coordinator, but they've been losing their coordinators left and right. Jay Gruden goes to Washington, um, and then Hugh Jackson steps right in and is extremely, extremely capable. Um, and then Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer leaves. And then um, uh, Gunther comes in and, you know, it's, it, they just pick up right where they left off. And I think that that's an extremely talented roster. And I think one of the best in the AFC and the Ravens, that's just a, I mean, that's just a, Oh, oh just a machine. I, I, th- I think that that's yeah. just, they were a really smart organization. And I think they have, one of the smartest GMs in the league, and Ozzie Newsome, and I, I, I just think that that and John Harbaugh is a great coach. I, I, uh, that's a, that's a great division. Um, I think that is the best. I think that might be the best division as far as like the the teams that are good in that division. I think that that might be the best division, just 
just top to bottom, and I realized the drop off from from those three to Cleveland. You know, Cleveland drops them down quite a bit, but I do love that there's that three-way fifth fight. All three of those teams could go to the Super Bowl and win it and not surprise anybody. Well, my friend, that's that's it for me. I I, I got to go because I have a I have another conference call to run on to, but. I um okay. I appreciate you having me on. I was hope I hope I was able to be helpful to help fill in. No, you were. I appreciate it. Dan's on a date with a doctor right now, so um I can't I can't do the show tomorrow. Uh so uh had to just knock it out tonight. So um I really wanted to get your thoughts on the Giants before uh, before I let you go, but I don't know, I pontificated quite a bit about the NBA and I, I did not get it get that in time, but um but uh, I will probably ask you at a later time just what your thoughts are because uh, I, I really think that the Giants, and maybe I'm being biased here, are, go- are going to win the NFC East this year. Uh, we will We will definitely see. We will yeah. Definitely see. All right, Randy, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem, brother. All right, later. All right, and that was Randy Zellia. Sorry, <laughs> that excuse me. That was Randy Zellia, uh, the 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 head of BackSportsPage.com, where we do all of our podcasts. Uh, that's the website. We're gonna throw some uh, written content on there. We're doing a lot of media wire uh, media wire stuff on there now. Just as the uh, the the new site is under construction, but we just wanted to have something up there. So anyway, like I was saying about the Giants. Now I do think that the Giants, and, and again, maybe I'm biased here. Um, as a lifelong Giants fan and really the only sports team that gets me emotional. Um, I do think that they did a really good job upgrading that roster, especially on the defensive side. Obviously there's still holes at linebackers, but I, 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 I like the athleticism of JT Thomas, Devin Kennard. I, I think it's a really uh, athletic linebacker core, but maybe not a good offense or excuse me, good linebacking core. The offensive line has some, uh, has a couple holes, but I think in the Ben McAdoo quick, release or excuse me a quick offense I I really think that it it could duct tape over a lot of it I love Eli in this system I mean I wish he was playing in this system for longer in his career because he looks rejuvenated you know I I think just him and Odell Beckham are are just a lethal combination I I like I like everything that I'm reading about Sterling Shepard it makes me really happy to read that he's essentially uh another another guy similar to Beckham uh that that Eli can throw to that's reliable, that seems sure-handed. Victor Cruz coming back is huge. Now, the guy I really am looking forward to see how he does this season is Will Ty, the athletic, very young tight end that stepped in for Larry Donnell last year, and it was a seamless transition. It was really, really fun to watch him. Eli really, really started to trust him towards the end of the year, so I'm excited to see how he does with a full off season. Hopefully he's been working with Eli and uh, and their other receivers, so I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, I can't wait for Andre Williams to be cut in training camp this year. It's going to be great. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, I did have the opportunity. I sort of alluded to it earlier to go to New York City uh, to a David Tyree charity event and meet some of the Giants players. Um, first time I've ever done something like that, and it was great. Everybody was really nice. The players were really nice. Beckham came in sort of last minute, signed a bunch of stuff for kids, sort of unannounced. He wasn't scheduled to be there. Um, came in, signed a bunch of stuff for the kids. He was took pictures of everybody, really nice guy. The guy that sort of blew me away that I met, and I am uh, getting off track here, it, and I am drop, I am name dropping, but, you know, I live in a small, you know, a relatively small quote-unquote city now in Buffalo where you don't see anybody. Um, even some of the Bills players live in one really small area uh, in a suburb not far from the stadium. But uh, a guy that just turned out to be like one of the coolest dudes on the planet and made made you feel like he was like your best friend was Olivier Vernon. That was such a cool dude. And uh, again, I, I say all that to say that maybe I'm being biased here, but I think with the addition of him, Janoris Jenkins, um, the guy uh, David Harrison uh, from uh, from the Jets that we that we signed. Excuse me, Damon Harrison. Now now that I remember his name. I got David Harris and Damon Harrison mixed up um, uh, he, on the on the line um, with a JPP that is more comfortable playing with his with his uh, injury, uh, the cornerback situation, and Rogers Cromarty, Eli Apple. Um, the more I think about it, the more I don't hate that, given the fact that they have Rogers Cromarty and 
and Janoris Jenkins so they can bring Apple along really slow. Um, I, I do think that there is uh, a lot to be excited about in New York. I'm not in on the Redskins. I think they have a really good defense. Kirk Cousins, very small sample size. I think I think there are times he was throwing into huge windows where there, he was just beating up on teams that weren't that good. I mean, I think they got exposed big time in the playoffs. Um, Dallas, man, Dallas scares me, and they'll always scare me. I mean, they don't have much of a pass rush, but that offense is, is going to be very good if Tony Romo is healthy. Tony Romo, and I say this as a Giants fan, is the best quarterback in that division, and I love Eli, but the things Romo can do with his legs, his arm, he's he's just a really, really above-average athlete. Um, I, I, that team just – that team scares me. They always scare me. Uh, if Romo's under center, I just don't – you know, he, he just – I there's very few quarterbacks in my lifetime that can remember that paper over – the mismanagement of the team and the holes on the team. Like he, he was, they were three and one with him last year. They were the one and 11 without him last year. I, that's not a coincidence. They lose, they lose Des. They still rip off a couple wins before Romo goes down. He tried to come back on Thanksgiving, broke scholar mode again. It just, that team scares me in Philadelphia. They're just in full blown rebuilding mode. I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, Rydell Jersey, Bradford. He's not going to scare me. Uh, Chase Daniel is a backup. And Carson Wentz, that <laughs> long-term, that worries me, given the fact that uh, Eli is getting older and uh, he maybe only has like four or five, <laughs> and I'm being ambitious with those numbers, years, hopefully good years left. And uh, I have a feeling that Carson Wentz, just given the intangibles, the size, strength, just all this stuff, he could be running that division in a few years. I hope he's an absolute buster and and flops on his face, but it, it doesn't. <laughs> I I just don't think it's going to happen. And considering how slow they're bringing him along, and the things that they, that, that I'm reading about him, he does worry me. But as of this year, Eagles don't scare me that much. They always have, but the Brian Dawkins days are over. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it's the Giants' division to lose this year. I really think they did a good job uh, addressing some of their holes, and I, I really think it started on the defensive line. I really did. I did not mind them overpaying Olivier Vernon. I mean, in order to get a player of that caliber, and I realized that, it's, again, a small sample size uh, at the last eight games of last year, he was an absolute monster, but – that just could be putting it together. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to be positive and trying not to be cynical, but I just think maybe put it together. Playing with Sue opens up a lot of holes. Uh, playing with, you know, uh, Cameron Wake helps, even though he was hurt last year. But I do, I do think that the Giants made a lot of really interesting moves that I think uh, they are. I, I think that the best way to say it is I think that Spagnola has defense as close to what he wants as he can right now, if that makes sense. I think Spagnola does have a similar defense that he had in uh, 2007 where they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl, although they're always my NFC pick to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. But it's not quite that team, but there is a lot of similarities. So, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited for the season. The Giants were just just losing games in the last three minutes all season. I mean, they at one point I think I, I think that their record should have been something like nine and three, and they were you know four and five or something. It, it was just it was embarrassing. Uh, but like I said, I think this year I think the defense is way better. I, I, I think that I think that McAdoo as the head coach is a little worrisome. Um, only because that he was he was the offensive coordinator last year, and if he just sticks to offense and lets defensive guys run the defense, I, I do I do. It's only because he's a first year coach. I worry about it. I think that if they had the team that they have now, sort of running everything back with the additions they have now with Tom Coughlin giving him one more year, I would feel a little more confident about this season. But since they don't. It's really, really difficult for 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 me to get overly excited about the team, uh, given that they're with a first-year head coach, uh, no head coaching experience, was essentially Aaron Rodgers' quarterback's coach, and anybody listening to this 
could have been Aaron Rodgers' quarterback's coach. But what he's done with Eli, he's basically transformed his career, um, at least statistically, uh, and the addition of Odell Beckham helps. But I love what McAdoo's doing with Eli. Eli looks super comfortable in that system. He's going into his third year in the Mad McAdoo system. <laughs> After leaving the Kevin Gilbride 19 touchdown, 27 interception year, Behind him, I think he had 35 touchdowns last year, 14 interceptions, threw for about 4,400 yards, a 63% completion percentage, which is should only go up this year with the addition of uh, of Sterling Shepard and uh, Victor Cruz coming back. So that's my take on the Giants. I'm sure I'll give it to you guys about 18 to 25 more times between uh, now and uh, beginning of the football season, but it, I, I just can't wait. This is going to turn into a football show pretty quickly and I did say at the beginning that uh, we could swear and I did make this a uh, a quote unquote rated R podcast so I will say fuck just because you know I didn't get to all time I'm not sure how Randy feels about swearing Uh, now that I'm thinking about it I never really hear him swear but he did say it was okay to swear on this podcast but I I told him it would only happen it would only I would only swear if it came organically and I have a one-year-old who may or may not be saying shit but I can't really tell um, because she is only one and she sort of just babbles, but, um, I am going to not swear as much and it's, it's practice for the show. It's practice for life. So it's going to be difficult because I was in the military for, for a few years and, uh, really picked up a lot of bad swearing habits there. So I will, uh, you know, like I said, if it happens organically, then, you know, we'll allow it or whatever, but, we're not really sure we want this show to be. As you can tell, I was a little uh, little frazzled at the beginning of the show, and then, you know, hopefully I was settling in and it was a little bit coherent. But um, this is the first show of whatever the hell this format is, the lack of a format, we'll say. Um, you know, I'm going to – Dan and I will discuss topics before shows, and we'll sort of text about them just to sort of get our thoughts together. Um, I usually read a little bit before the show, uh, but, it, you know, not easy to do a lot of uh, prep with a uh, one-year-old running around and a uh, full-time job where I don't exactly know what I'm getting out of, excuse me, every day. So, yeah. Anyway, you'll you, hopefully if you listen to this show, you stick with it. Just stick with it every Wednesday. It'll be more fun. It'll be it'll be looser and looser as we go. And uh, I, I, I do think that this will be a very good show. I think Dan and I will do well together. We'll bring on guests. Um, the old incarnation of Under the Hoodies did have a really good guest, Don Banks senior uh, writer for sport, a senior NFL writer for Sports Illustrated, um, Jason Cole from Bleacher Report, uh, Bill Ingram, he's an NBA guy, has really good relationships with a lot of players. Um, uh, Randy had on his old show, he had Ian Eagle, who I was uh, I, I, I very quietly geeked out about because I've been listening to Ian Eagle call games on the Yes Network when they used to show Nets games. Uh, for quite a while. I'm a big Iron Eagle fan. I, I like his work on CBS. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's just a couple names. Like I said, we did a, uh, we did a back, or we did the uh, back sports page, um, did interviews during the David Tyree event with JT Thomas, which was fun. Um, Olivier Vernon, we tried to get Odell Beckham, but he, he only popped in there for 15 minutes and we, we thought we were going to get him and then we didn't. Um, but I mean, that, that's, you know, <laughs> virtually uh virtually impossible to have happen but um i all things considered man oh, that he he was he was a nice guy from all i mean everything that i saw so uh hopefully at some point we, <laughs> randy can wrangle uh wrangle uh, somebody of that caliber up and get him on one of our uh, one of our shows but uh but no it, it just I, I i drop names just just to get whoever's listening hopefully you guys keep listening uh, hopefully you stick with us while we're trying to figure out what the show is. And, um, you know, you guys are all, uh, anybody listening is free to call in, give their opinions, yeah, but uh, spread the word, you know, uh, if you, if you like what you hear, or you at least trust that you're going to like what you hear at some point, definitely, definitely tell people and, um, and uh, just support the show the best you guys can. Um, so to those that are listening, thank you for listening. This is under the hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. We'll be back next week with Dan Panici and uh, just a, he's, he's a Cleveland guy. So just bear with him. He's still riding high of the NBA season. 
Um, but then he is going into the uh, dredge that is the NFL season for him. But uh, on a positive note, the Indians are doing well, so he's happy about that. Anyway, please listen again next week. On Wednesday, we'll do a show. Um, ideally, I would like to do more shows, which he actually might, I think, come the, come the winter – or excuse me, come the football season, getting into the colder season. Uh, and I don't have as much to do through the week as I do now. So um, just, just listen. Just, just download on iTunes. It will pop up whenever you refresh your podcast app if you have an iPhone. I don't know what the Samsung or uh, or um, uh, whatever the hell the other one is. I don't even know what it's called now. Uh, have um, what the hell is the other one called now? I'm forgetting. What the hell, Samsung? And then I, ah, damn it, I don't remember the other thing. The freaking thing with the little green alien guy uh, standing there. Ah, it's gonna bug me. Whatever. However, you get podcast. Just freaking download Backsports page. That's where you find us. Um, Backsports page is also how you find us on iTunes. And uh, just refresh, and uh, all of our podcasts will come up. But thanks for listening. I am Bill Kegel. I am out.